0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you'd like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. God's been moving in our house here for a couple weeks now in a significant way. And it's, a uh, if he's been touching you, just let him touch you. How you feeling? How's the second row doing? Yeah. Uh, second row good? Yeah. Fire on the second row. Give it up for Kellyanne over there. First service they had to bring a chair up for me. And two guys carried me and put me in the chair. I'm able to stand this service, I'm feeling pretty good. got a cool service, got a cool testimony from, um, uh, the, the ladies who serve in Broward Outreach Center. Ha. Uh, so there was, um, <clears throat> it's a battered women's shelter, um, so they can get out of where they're being battered into some safety, a transition housing into some safety. And, um, I'm for that. How about you? So we have some ladies who, uh, Serve there. And um, it's kind of cool because ah, um, they just developed relationship. How's it feeling, Pastor Tracy? Is it touching your heart? Holy Spirit's doing something in my wife's heart today. For the hurting and the needy. Ah, Needy children, needy women. Ah. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chelsea, you come sit next to her and just soak her real good. I know you and your husband are holding hands there, but you can do that at home, I guess. There's something about enjoying the, the, the anointing with your spouse, amen? With your family. Just sit down and soak her real good, soak my wife real good. Just, just move her Bible, just move her Bible, you know, there you go. Anyway, so, so Chelsea's actually the one who started it, and... Um, she just developed a relationship there. And after a while, she was just mentoring people, just, just being a mentor. Like, it doesn't have to be church. She was just mentoring. And uh, wherever Chelsea goes, there's going to be church. So <clears throat> so at one, one day they asked her, hey, why don't you lead a class today? I, I don't know if they didn't have somebody to lead the class or what happened, but they were expecting a class. They said, why don't you lead a class? And Kellyanne's like, well, all I know, excuse me, Chelsea, all Chelsea's like, all I know how to do is teach people how to be saved and how to get healed, right? And so that's, if I'm going to teach people, that's what I'm teaching them. They're like whatever, teach a class, and so they were a little surprised. People got healed, right? And so she was there with um, with someone else this time, and um, and there were like twenty people uh, in the class. Uh, this was on Monday of, of this week, and um, and all of a sudden the anointing fell in the room. They began getting words of knowledge for people, uh, names and in um, articles, clothing, and, and issues, and someone with um, rheumatoid arthritis was so bad, it was like at a level 10, like it could not hurt anymore. And when the presence of God came and touched them, it went down from a 10 to a 2. Where they could barely... mm. These are people who went to a church service. They didn't come to church to get healed. These happened to be at a class in an outreach center. And uh, many, many uh, people were healed. Um, one person uh, there was a, a word of knowledge about someone, be, uh, a man being protected in a fire, and the an angel protected a person in a fire, and the person uh, confirmed that he had been in a fire and, uh, and it got, had not gotten consumed. Wow. And um, mm, mm. oh, there was one lady who had a punctured lung and a broken rib, which is not sure why that's funny, but had a rib and a, a oh, sorry, <laughs> a rib and a punctured lung, and mm, and the pain went away right when they began oh. to, to heal. I got a cracked rib one time, and it hurt to even breathe. You know, right? Let alone. And uh, and here's what's kind of cool. At the end, all 20 people gave their life to Jesus. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He said it was easy like butter. So easy. Wow. Like butter. Like butter, baby. Holy Ghost is like butter. He's slick like butter. I feel like if you lead people to Jesus and you get miracles, you can call Holy Spirit. Like, you can say he's like butter, he's like cottage cheese, whatever you want. Like, you, you have an insight I don't have. So, just because I don't understand it doesn't mean that it's not a proper revelation. Amen? I don't understand lots of revelation. Doesn't mean it's wrong. I just don't get it. Like butter, baby. Wouldn't you like your problems to be easy to like butter? Like butter. I'll take it. Did anybody get touched during the time of um, worship? Ah, ah, here we go. Ah, hmm, we're continuing our message series. How much time do I have? Oh, good, they didn't start the counter yet. That's awesome. You the real MVP. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ah, I don't have anything to do till five, so. <clears throat> Last week we're continuing our, our message series on Christmas miracles. And I'm believing miracles in your life this season. Amen? Amen. I'm believing miracles in your life in this season. Sha ba ka taraba. I feel like if you can see angels in this room today, you're having a good time. You're having a good time. Wow. Okay. Try not to be distracted. We talked about Elizabeth and Zechariah. Zechariah, you know, him, Zach. Talked about Zach and and, and Beth last time. And if you remember, wow, the angel of the Lord encountered Zechariah while he was serving in the temple. And he had positioned himself for his miracle by being faithful to God. And she had been faithful to God. And and uh, and and the archangel Gabriel showed up and prophesied over her, uh, excuse me, prophesied over over Zechariah, and said that she was going to be a, have a baby even though, wow, even though she was advanced in years, huh? And uh, and and the Lord did it, and she got pregnant, and uh, and 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 we talked about not only receiving miracles but possibly being a miracle in someone else's life through our miracle and that through her miracle, the world was blessed through the ministry of John the Baptist making the way for Jesus Christ. And uh, it's my hope in this Christmas season uh, that as you are touched with a miracle, that you become someone else's miracle. It is possible that you could invite somebody to church service for Christmas service and they get saved on Christmas. What better Christmas gift than the gift of Jesus Christ in the the Christmas season? Amen? Amen. You can literally be the miracle that Jesus is praying for in people's lives right now. Just by inviting people to church. And by them yielding themselves to be a vehicle of miracles, we have been blessed. Imagine the Lord's life was blessed by Elizabeth and Zechariah yielding themselves to the ministry of the Lord. That's kind of crazy to me. But not only did Elizabeth receive a physical miracle of becoming pregnant in her old age, the Lord did an emotional miracle of removing the reproach upon her life. And she gave glory to God. I just prayed, Tracy, this was just a deep, deep, deep work. That you would just yield and allow it to go deep, 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 deep in the name of Jesus. That this miracle that you receive can be a miracle for other people. And I just pray that he would just, that you would see right now the miracle he wants to do through you. And that you would yield to that. And so he could do his complete work in you. It's when you lose yourself. That God really has liberty in you. When you stop being concerned about what you want God to do for you, and you you yield yourself, your compassion for others, that God does a miracle through you. And he always cleans the vessel on the way through. He never leaves a house the way it was when he entered it. And so when Jesus comes and uses your house, he never leaves it the way it was. He was in an empty tomb and his, they, they just laid stuff on him. But he folded everything up, made it nice and tidy before he left. You got issues in your life? Let Jesus work through your family. He'll make things nice and tidy. I'm not saying don't focus on your house, but let the Lord move through your house and he'll clean things up. He will clean things up. Don't, don't, don't hold back your family from him. Don't hold back your home. But as you allow the compassion of God to move in your life, he moves through love. We talked about this last week. We we, we talked about how he moves through compassion, and he's moved by compassion. He moves through love, and he's moved by love. And your love and compassion for others is the gateway of God's usage in your life. Just so many times people get touched by God, and he wants to do something significant, and the enemy, all he has to do to short-circuit that work is just sprinkle a little pride on it. He just flavors the move of God with pride. And you start seeing what it's going to look like for you. And it stops the move. Touches your heart to heal people. And you're like, gosh, I just want to see people get healed. And then you start to think, man, enough people get healed, then I'll have a big healing ministry. And I'll be on the platform. And And it looks so holy, you know. And once I'm on the platform, more people can see me. And so so many more can be healed. But just through that move of pride, it it stopped. It's a trick that the the devil baits us into. It's it's so easy to fall for it. So easy to fall for it. And and we're praying like every spirit-filled church that God would do a move of God in this house, right? Like every spirit-filled person is probably praying that God would do something significant in their life. But we're deciding that we're not contending for, let me say it this way, we're not looking to be world-famous, I want to be holy. I want to be holy. And so in 2019, we're contending for personal revival. Personal revival. And so we're going to start off 2019. I hope you join us. We're going to have a 40 days of personal revival. We're going to have a video um, devotion. Uh, We'll kind of launch that next week, kind of let you know about that. Uh, But the Lord, I believe, is going to lead some of us to fast. And to pray, I'll talk about this a little bit more. But I want revival in my life. I personally want to be revived. I want to see you have everything God has for you. And I feel like whether you're on fire for God or you're skeptical of God, if you lend your heart to Him, let Him move in your life, you'll see His goodness begin to sprinkle all through your life. Amen? That's what I'm believing for. Hallelujah. So today, my message today is preparing your... your, (laughs) preparing for your visitation, preparing for your, I'm doing so much better than I did last service. I'm just so happy. I look like a bloody fool last service and God likes to do that to me sometimes. God likes to do, you know, here's, here's, here's a motto that I've, wow. Here's a motto that I have um, gained uh, that I like to hold in times that things aren't working out. I like to say it's good for my pride. When I, when I'm, when things don't go as well or I don't get credit for stuff that I want credit for or I don't get quite the success I would like to have, I say, hi, Emmanuel, congratulations on graduating. <laughs> Proud of you, man. Stuck it out. Proud of you. Proud of you, wife, supporting your husband as you got through college. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you made a cute baby, so good job. Good job. Uh, I don't know what I was saying. I'm sure it was important though, but you know. So last service, yeah, um, they had to carry me and put me in a chair. And uh, I was just like, well, it's good for my pride. Hallelujah. But today we're going to talk about preparing for your visitation. If you've got a Bible, we're going to go to Luke chapter one, starting in verse 30. <clears throat> and let me be really clear here. I would much rather have a tiny church of people who actually want God than a massive church of people who want to hear about God. And I've really tried the other way. I've really been like, you know, that would really be cool to be super successful in the eyes of other preachers. Um, but I'm not really wired that way. And so in this house, you're just going to be left with God. Right? You may not have the, 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 you know, all the bells. We don't have the fog machine and all the big church trappings. I'm sorry, but we do have God. And I'm pretty happy with that. Amen. So we're just going to have to settle for God. Amen? He's just going to have to be enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, here we go. You ready? We're going to read the Bible together. Wow! Mm. I shared the word about the writing, right? Did I ever share that word? Okay. I appreciate you helping me out there, Robin. Everybody else is going to leave me up here asking. It's in a TV show. You know, I don't have a script. I don't have some producer telling me what's next, you know, what camera to look at. I'm just winging it up here, right? This is what I do for them, but I'm winging it. You got to help me out. I don't have a teleprompter, you know, like I got to come up with this stuff. You got to help me out. If I forget stuff, you got to let me know. <clears throat> oh, we're reading the Bible. So if you are remembering the story, uh, the angel visited uh, Zechariah in the in the temple. Hey. The angel whew, Gabriel, who comes from the throne of God, and then we see that the angel wasn't done; he was still working. So he went and visited a, a, a little girl named Mary, and uh, we're going to pick up the story there in verse thirty. The angel said to her, "Mary, wow, don't be afraid, Mary, for, for you found." Now let me tell you something here. Can I give you a little cliff note? Anytime God tells you, anytime, anything God gives you is valuable. You may not realize it at the time, but it is so, so valuable. It is, you, don't, you don't know the value of it, but God wouldn't give it to you unless you really, really needed it. And so God comes to Mary and says, hey, don't be, don't be worried. The response to that isn't, oh, don't worry, God, I'm not. The response is, wait, what's coming, right? Like, what, what is it I'm going to need this word for, Lord? Mary, don't be afraid. Wait a minute. Why are we starting the conversation with that? I don't. I don't understand. If we're starting with "don't be afraid," where's this going? I just feel like there's people in this house. There's, uh, wow, this is wild. There's um, someone who's you've found yourself in a real desert season. People are getting touched all around you. There's revelation. There's all kind of stuff. And you feel like you are in the desert. And God is like, it's in the desert that you grow. It's in the desert season that you graduate. You graduate out of the desert. You don't graduate out of the rainfall. <clears throat> you graduate out of the desert. And the Lord takes you through the desert to, to, for you to learn that he's been with you the whole time. To stretch your faith that you would stand and see the day of salvation. And um, there, there's at least three of you in this room, and you have felt isolated. And the Lord is near to you. He is very near. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. And the Lord would say to you, be not worried, I'm with you. Be not worried, I'm with you. I you just need to hold on to that and just ride out this season. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't check out because the graduation is really, really worth it. It's really worth it. And so he says to Mary, do not be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God. Now, if I were to ask you, what would favor of God look like in your life? If God said you found favor, what would that look like in your life? Most of us would think that means things are going to get easier. Right? Because that's what our carnal mind says. Man, I'm going to have money to pay bills, maybe, because it's a financial hardship. Maybe you're going to get breakthrough in that maybe career advancement or ministry advancement or maybe your your children are going to come back to the Lord or your parents are going to get saved or your your, your family members or you're going to be launched, whatever. Uh, But what we see here with Mary, he says, hey, you found favor with God. I found that favor with God also often, you know, God likes to do a sign and a wonder through people. And, and sometimes you're doing the signs and wonders and sometimes you are the sign and the wonder. And I have found being the sign and wonder for God can get really uncomfortable. God's favor upon your life um, is necessary so you can overcome the favor the world wants you to desire. The world wants you to contend for its favor. And the Lord says, look, I, you have favor with me. And what that means is, Often, if you'll choose me over the world, you're going to live a life that will disqualify you from the world's favor. But you will have my favor. Is this making sense to somebody? And so we can wonder, how come they're prospering and I'm not? The Lord said, I would be favored. Because you're prospering where it counts, where it, where it lasts forever in heaven. Amen? Amen? Yeah, no, that's a good word. Give it up. <clears throat> and so Mary found favor with God. And for Mary, that favor looked like, I'm not married, but I'm pregnant. That's not the favor you're looking at turn of the century Israel. Amen? That's not the favor you're looking for. If you're to look in the natural, Mary having this child did almost nothing for her in the natural. Didn't increase her wealth. Didn't make her life easier. Didn't give her a more peaceful family life. It did nothing for her in the natural. But we still talk about her. There's a whole branch of the church that talk to her way more than I do, right? (laughs) But let's pick up our scripture here. It's my last pause, I promise you. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold... Wow. Okay, here we go. Ha. Huh. Mm. Was it in this service last week I had to have Kellyanne read for me? Yeah. Thanks for not leaving me alone. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Verse 34, Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I am a virgin, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most. Mm. Here we go. Mm. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy child shall be called the son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth also has conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Hallelujah. Let's say that together. For nothing will be impossible with God. Let's say it together again. For nothing will be impossible with God wow, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never had Gabriel show up in my house and tell me what's going to happen in my family. To me, that would be a good day. Amen. I mean, I'd like that. I would like that. I would like that. And we're in a pretty active angelic season in this house right now. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. So you never know. And so I want to talk about uh, huh, preparing for your visitation. I want to talk about preparing for your day of visitation. Preparing for your visitation. We, we got to position ourselves, man. We, like God is trying to do something here. And we need to position ourselves to let him do it. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen? Who's with me? Amen? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. I want it. I really want it. But we have to position ourselves for our day of visitation. Yeah. Ah, huh. And so i got a couple quick steps we're going to go through, and then we're going to pray. And uh, I believe God's going to touch people even more. Amen? Yeah. You know, what we need to do is we, we, we have to value what God values. We have to value everything he values. Yeah. God, God, doesn't, God doesn't just give stuff of no value. Yeah. Everything God gives us is more valuable than anything we own. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And often we don't get more of God because we don't value what he's already given us. We don't value what he's already given us and we don't value what he's given other people. We have to value everything that comes from God. I mean, it has to be precious. We, every single thing that comes from heaven. And uh, God likes to give gifts. Um, a lot of people, they get nice gifts and they put it on a little display case and it goes in the back of the room and it's never, like, like that's it, right? Like that's, that's the end of it. Right? It's never used. It's not precious. It's just there. And we do the same thing in church. It's called a journal. We get something precious from God. We write it in a journal. It goes in the journal and that's the end of it. Then this lifespan is over. That's the end of the thing he gave us right there. I mean, you might as well, it, it goes to the journal to die. Right? We say we, we put it there so we can remember it and, 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 and to recall it. But no, no, it just goes in the journal and it dies. And we need, to, we need to value these things that God gives us. We got we to gotta, we gotta let these things that he give us start to shape our life instead of seeing how we can use them. We need to allow these things that God has given us. It can't just be something on our display case. It can't just be, oh, I got a prophetic word from God, so I know it's going to happen, and, and that's the end of it. Where we go brag about the things that we own. Oh, look, we know I got this word from God. No, no, I got that word from God. I got this prophecy. I don't care what you got from God. What are you doing with it? We have to value it. <laughs> I grew up broke so I, I have this I fall into this trap of getting really nice stuff and I'm to use it so i want to stay nice anybody else like that? <laughs> I got something really nice but I don't use it but if I don't use it why would God give me another? why would I get more if I don't use what he's given me? the poverty mentality says I can't use it too much because then it'll get worn out I won't have it anymore I fall into that trap. I, uh, I have to constantly renew my mind from a poverty mentality. Now, some of you need to renew your mind from a waste-everything-you-own mentality. <laughs> but I get this poverty, poverty mindset. And so I, I, I used to... Um, for many years, my, my clothes didn't fit well. I had these big shirts. Like I always wore really big shirts. And I was like, why do I wear really big shirts? And I remember when I first got in the... In the um, uh, in, in, in my career field, uh, I would have to get my shirts laundered all the time and they would shrink and I didn't want to have to keep buying new shirts so I'd buy shirts that were too big so I could wear them longer so they wouldn't wear out so i look like a clown half the time. <laughs> instead of saying, I, I believe I can buy new shirts when they don't fit and just buying clothes that fit. Does this make sense? I'm just being transparent. Does that make sense? Like, like we can actually use the things that God gives us and He'll give more instead of just leaving them in the notebook and hoping he brings more, right? We have to value everything that he gives us for now. Some, I mean, a few words you have to sit on and believe, but everything is for now. Part of it is for now. What do you do with it now? Right? We don't get married and then start walking out our vows three or four years later. It's now. Now, most stuff you value, you can't even do right now. You don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even know how to be married, right? I like to tell my wife all the time, premarital counseling is wasted on the unmarried. They have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, no, no, I'm very flexible. Are you really? Oh, no, no, these things don't matter. Right. Right. Absolutely, you are. I mean, since you've never had to be before, but you're totally flexible. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why there'll be no arguments in your marriage, right? Yes. And you'll do all the laundry together and you'll always go grocery shopping together. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh huh. That's exactly what's going to happen. But that's, you know, premarital counseling, that's what it's like. We do premarital counseling, we're like, hey, bring your budget. They bring their budget, we're like, hmm, this is an awesome budget. You plan on never buying toilet paper, because I don't see it in your budget. You're going to use ketchup, because that costs money, right? Like, because you don't know, you have no idea. We should do premarital counseling like eight months later, right? But the most valuable thing about premarital counseling is, it gives you language for marital counseling after you're married. Right? Like, here's what we do. We get a book and we're like, here, you're going to need this. We're calling this premarital counseling. This is counseling before your marriage, that your marriage is going to need this. After you're married, dig out the premarital counseling and actually start using it. You're like, oh, wow, this could help us right here. What do you know? We're fighting about chapter four. What do you know? There's good stuff in here. Now, if you're not married, just say, thank you, Jesus. Because you only deal with your own issues. Get married and you're dealing with other people's issues too. Like, you know all the stuff that plagues your mind as being single? Now you deal with that stuff and the stuff plaguing the other person's mind. And they don't understand why what's plaguing their mind isn't more important to you than what's plaguing your mind. You're like, I'll get married and somebody will care about me. No, they'll want you to care about what's plaguing their mind. Your problems become less important after you get married than before. that's marriage. Amen. Everybody should get married. And then you should have a kid and then nobody will care about your problems. You will find out that there is no value for your problems at all. After you have a child, they mean nothing. Kids are good to help you from being selfish. They're really good for that, aren't they? That clock's a liar. (laughs) But we need more of, wow, what God has for us, right? And so we need to ask for more. We need to value what he has for us, and we need to ask for more, right? We, for, to prepare for your personal day of, wow, visitation, you need to ask for more Jesus. You just need to ask for more, right? We need to ask. Let's just ask for more. Lord, we want more. I want more, Lord. Luke 1.30 says, hey, the angel came to and said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Listen, you have found favor with God, and the Lord is conceiving something inside of you right now, and you have to value it. You have to value it, and you have to let it grow. Amen? Amen. But this thing is going to require sacrifice. Listen, all of our lives are full. We all have full lives. Amen? We all have full lives. So if we want more of God, we're going to have to get rid of something else. We have to make room for God in our lives. And and many of us, we have to lay down our dignity for what God wants to do in our life. See, when God comes into our house, like he'll come into our kitchen and he sees that you have your kitchen nice and arranged how you like it. And he's like, actually, I'd like this counter right here. I'd like this whole cupboard right here. You're like, but I'm using that for the china. He said, that's awesome. I'm moving into that counter now, right? Like, no, no, that's my good stuff. Exactly. Why don't you throw all that good stuff away because I'll be using it from now on. But you're putting plastic cups in there, God. Yeah, absolutely. When the when the friends come over, you're going to serve them this. You're like, but then I I won't look as good. That's how that works. When God comes to your house, he chooses the room. You're like, I've made room for him. He's like, oh, that's awesome. You've made room for me. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'll come in and do what I want to do. Right? See this, this is what happens when God comes. We, we have to ask for more, but we have to make room for more. Amen. Like, like, like we, we, you may need to give up your, your, you may have to give up your mornings may have to give up your, your prayer time at three in the morning. You, 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 you may need to give up your respectability. I was uh, getting a new phone this week and I was in Best Buy and uh, it was super crowded in there, super busy. The girl who was helping me, they wanted her to do three other things. She's like, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm done with this. And the Lord starts talking to me about her and about her marriage and about her family and what God wants to do. And I'm like, well, this is awkward because it's busy. Lots of people around, and I'm about to start prophesying to girl. I don't even know she's saved. Goes to church. I'm like, hey, uh, do you go to church? She goes, ah, eh, sometimes. My God, like, oh, not a lot to work with there. So I just begin to share with her what God's going. And I felt, you know, no matter how many times I do this, I just feel awkward. I feel like you came to work, right? Like you didn't come to do this. Like you didn't show up for church. You came up just trying to activate my phone and move on to your next thing. But God has decided there's something more happening right now, and I know that if I value what God has said more than what's happening right now, I will be blessed. And if she will value what God is speaking right there, her family will be blessed. And so I have to honor it and put a value on it in a way that I hope that she will honor and value it so that she can receive the blessing that God is trying to release to her. Does that make sense? And if it's not a big deal to me, it won't be a big deal to her, and she won't receive what God has for her. So, I had to look a little awkward. I had to get awkward right then. I had to, I had to, I, I had to get awkward and just tell her what God. So, I had to give up my right to just look like a, you know. And so, I'm, like, it's so funny because I was just like, hey, you know, I saw she had a wedding band. I was like, oh, you guys married? She goes, yeah. And I said, hey, is it, is it going well? And she looks at me like, huh? And I'm like, I'm happily married. Like, this isn't going anywhere. I promise you. This is not, this isn't going anywhere, right? Like, I'm, I'm you know. And I just felt like the Lord told me, you know, don't tell her you're a pastor. Because that gives you like a card to be spiritual, right? Like, even when I wasn't a pastor, I would just tell people I was a minister. Because it just gives you a card, right? Like, all of a sudden, you're an authority. And I would just tell them, you, know, I'm a minister of the gospel, and because uh, you are. Amen. Amen? So I would get in a word, and I would just tell people, yeah, you know, I'm a minister of the gospel. And, uh, and I just felt like the Lord had wanted me to tell you this, that, and the other. And so it just gives you an authority. But I felt like the Lord told me not to tell her that. Just, I had to stay awkward, but that's what it costs to have the anointing in my life. And I'm willing to pay it because he's worth it. Amen? See, your relationship with God positions you for the miraculous. Your relationship with God positions you for the miraculous. And, and we have to live out of that position. We have to elevate that, its value in our life so that we can have more of it, right? We have, like, you have to cry out for it. You, you, we can't just be we can't just be nonchalant and then believe God is going to come and visit us. We can't just say, well, I'm just going to do whatever I do, and then God will just come and do whatever he wants to do. We can't, we have, you have to value him. You have to value what he wants to do, and you have to cry out for it. There has to be times of, God, whatever you want in my life, I want it so desperately. I so desperately want you to visit my family. I so desperately want you to visit my children. I so desperately want you to visit my town. I so desperately, like it bothers me that I pray for people and they don't get healed. That's not okay with me. It's not okay with me that every spiritual son and daughter that I have doesn't come to full maturity. That is not okay with me. That bothers me deeply. It bothers me deeply that people hold on to nonsense and replace religion, I mean, replace relationship with Jesus with religion. That is not okay with me. It bothers me deeply that people get saved here and they don't stick around, get filled with the Holy Ghost and grow in Christ. It bothers me deeply, amen? I can't just say, well, God, if you want to fix it, Eh, whatever but if not eh, whatever no it's valuable to me and what God wants to do is valuable to me it's the most precious thing in my life Amen. there's nothing more important than God there's nothing more important than the presence and power of God in my life and it's just not okay with me the people I love deal with sin and don't get victory over it it's not okay with me that we have an opioid crisis going on and we have no answers Amen. It's not okay with me that our government is lying nonstop and it's not a problem for the church. That is not okay with me. It's not okay. We need the truth of God in our country. We need to love truth no matter who brings it. And it's not okay with me that lies are being exalted. It is bothersome to me. Like we must have more of Jesus. The church, unfortunately, has learned how to compartmentalize him. I'll receive his blessing in money, but I'm not going to receive his blessing in conviction. Listen, you can get part of God, you can get a power of God, but you won't get the whole person unless you surrender your whole person. You get Jesus, you get the conviction of Holy Spirit. Through the 90s 90s and even the early 2000s, we learned, and there's people in this room who can attest to it, we learned how to operate in the power of God without any character. We learned how to do fancy stuff and not have our house in order. And not even care about it. We learn how to, how to, how to, how to have a, a church where the, the, the gifts are flowing, but we don't actually do anything outside that front door. That's not having Jesus. That's not having the whole counsel of God. Right? Like if we're not a Christian out there, we're not a Christian in here. If we're not an evangelist out there, we're not an evangelist in here. Right? We learn in here so we can be something out there. If you're a greedy fool out there, you don't come in here and all of a sudden you're somebody. Right? Like that's where our, our theology is tested. Amen? Not in here. Does, does this make sense? And so we want all of God. And when we start asking for Jesus to come, he's going to start touching stuff like he's God. He's going to touch the little areas that we're protecting. The little attitudes, the the selfishness, the, the fear. He's going to start touching the insecurity. He's going to start touching the ways that we protect ourselves from the world. He's going to start touching things in our lives. That's, that's what happens when he comes. He comes and acts like he's God. And he sets everything in order. And we have to value everything God does. God puts his finger on something in your life. Don't run. Stay and let him finish it. It's going to work out better. You're not going to get away from it. It's not like you can go to another church and God's going to start a new plan. (laughs) So many people run from churches thinking that they're going to run from a problem God is doing in their life. No. You're just delaying things. People need to learn that. They're like, I am going to stay here. I am going to stay here and get this worked out. Once I'm happy, then I'll revisit what church I go to. But I'm not leaving like this. I'm going to let God finish what I'm doing. I'm going to let God finish what he's doing in my life. Huh. we need to have expectations that God's going to move in our life. We need to set our expectations for God to move. God not moving is no longer an option in your life if you're crying out for the presence and power of God. It's just not an option anymore. God not fulfilling his word in your life is no longer an option for you. We need, to, well, like, we need to set our life's expectations by the prophetic words that we get. We got to drag out some journals and write down some stuff that God said he would do in our life and begin to just focus on these things. This is what I'm believing for God to do in my life. This is what I'm looking for. I am looking for it. I saw it in this prophetic word, and now I am looking for it. What did God say he was going to do in your marriage? I am looking for it. What did God say He's going to do in, your, in being single? I am looking for it. Maybe God promised you a mate. I am looking for it, and I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to compromise. I'm going after what God said. The Bible says in Romans that the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not the word of the Bible, the word of God. So maybe he speaks to you through scripture. Maybe he just spoke to you. You need to remember what he said and let that breed faith in your life. This is what I'm lining my life up for. And I am not compromising. Amen? We can't just be nonchalant about it. We have to value his coming. Listen. The angel prophesied to them in Luke one thirty two. He said, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. What, what, what do you think? What do you think Mary did with that word? Think she just treated him like any other kid? What do you think happened? Jesus growing up and you think, you know, oh, he's at the temple. Oh, we lost him. Ah. Eh, whatever. Remember he was 14 and 13, 14 around there, about in the bar mitzvah age, and he's becoming a man. He's in the temple teaching them what's going on. And like he started acting like he was a man at that point. Didn't tell him, hey, mom, by the way, I'll be in the temple. No, he's like, I'm a grown man and I'm God, right? Because that's in the... And so he's in the temple teaching the priests, right? Mary, she freaked out. Well, it was like, ah, well, I guess we'll have another kid. <laughs> we'll just replace old Jesus there with someone else. <laughs> just get another one of those. No, she like she like I have to take care of this. This is the promise of God in my life. This is important. I can't say it didn't work out here. I'll just try it over there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hallelujah. I, I I get so I don't know. My wife and I have seen the opposite of this so many times. And it's like, it just, it just hurts to watch. We love people. And we want you to be free to do whatever God has called you to do. But it's, it hurts so bad to watch people say, God told me to do this. He called me to do this. This is what I'm going to do. It was the Lord. And then a month later, an easier path shows up. And they just, just like that wasn't even important. The Word of God wasn't even important. It was just like, it was just like a, 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 a match on, on Tinder. They just, whatever. Now I'm just going to do something else. It scratched the itch for that night, but now I found something better. And it's just like, gosh, is that all Jesus is? Is that all the Word of God really is in your life? Like, I got some pleasure one night and that ought to be enough? Like, like if, if getting the Word felt that good, imagine the fulfillment of the Word. Oh. Right? And like, like, we've settled. We've settled for just getting the Word. We've settled for just the hookup as opposed to what, what's supposed to be behind it. It just it just hurts to watch. I just I I, I hear people's stories about this hookup culture and it, it hurts my heart. I'm like, wow, you're worth more than that. This is this is painful. This is painful to watch. We need to let Holy Spirit have His way in our lives. The angel answered, said to her, Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you if you allow Him to. He'll come upon you and He will overshadow you. You can live a life where He's bigger than you in your life. Where literally you will go where you see Him going and you will do what you see Him doing. But you have to allow him to have his way. There's this false teaching that Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's a gentle, he's like a gentle dove. And he's a gentleman. Like I've never seen a gentleman shake somebody for four hours before. I've seen Holy Spirit do that. I've never seen a gentleman come and say, Why don't you sell everything valuable that you as a matter of fact, why don't you just give it all away and move to another continent? I've seen Holy Spirit do that. I've seen Holy Spirit say, why don't you break up with that person and just stay single? Yes. Gentlemen don't do that. I've seen Holy Spirit say, why don't you go in the middle of that bus and stand up and just start preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? Gentlemen don't do that. Holy Spirit will have His way and He'll, do you, He'll have you do things you never thought of on your own. Yeah. That's how you know it's Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, He's just a gentle dove. He's a gentle He's a gentle dove that'll light you on fire and scream for mercy. I don't think a dove can kill you. I've had Holy Spirit come on me where I thought he was going to kill me. And he wanted to be dead. The gentleman doesn't say, I'm not as interested in your plan as you are, right? Like I have a better plan. That's not what a gentleman says. That's what Holy Spirit will say. The first ministry of gentle Holy Spirit is to tell you what's wrong with you. (laughs) Oh, I know you protecting this seems perfectly logical, but I call it sin. How about we start dealing with that so I can live in your life? That's Holy Spirit. That's what Holy Spirit will do in our lives. And we just have to drop all of our guard against Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in our life. And some of you need to be able to go say, you know what? If, If it means I have to fall down, as weird as that is, I will fall down without having to have it explained to you why it's important. Why you want me to tell you why it's important? Because he does it. That's why. I have no idea why he does it. I do not well, I do know why. You know why you fall down. Because you're not standing anymore. That's it. Like that's that's why. And if you're not standing, you fall. That's all there is, right? Why does he manifest that way? I don't know. But he does. Why does he make me do that? I don't know. That's just what he does. And I have decided if, if I get the living God in my life and it just causes me to look a little weird at times. Sign me up. Sign me up. I've been as cool as I wanted to be and it didn't produce nothing, right? Sign me up. Look at this. We have to tarry for his presence. Luke, 22, excuse me, Luke 24. Jesus said, Behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Here's the funny thing about this verse. Jesus assumed that we would value the promise of the Father. That we would value the Father's promise enough that we would actually rearrange our schedule and wait for it. As opposed to, well, hey, no, no, no. They said that they will call at this time. Ah, well, if they don't call you know, within five minutes of that, I'm, I'm leaving anyways. Jesus assumed that it's as a Father promised that he would send his spirit, that we would wait for it. That it would be important enough for us to Wait. I believe he's worth waiting for. We have to surrender and allow God to shape what success looks like in our lives. The world has time frames for you to achieve stuff. Jesus doesn't share those time frames. People just say, oh, we don't know the time of the return. No, that's an example of how we don't know when he's going to do anything. Like it's not for you to know the times or seasons. He didn't say of that. He just said it's not for you to know the times or seasons. Like not only not, not like you don't even know the season you're in? And we still think we can know everything. Like, oh god, you guys just explain it to me. You don't even know what season you're in. I love meeting people like, "I'm just in a fruitful season." "Oh, are you? That's awesome. You know that, do you?" Okay. You clearly know what's coming next. Does that make sense? If you feel like, man, I still know what season I'm in. Amen. That's biblical. Welcome to faith. Corey, you you with me this series? Come on up. I never knew who's coming up. I know somebody's coming up. For nobody else, Corey is. Give it up for Corey, everybody. But we need to surrender. Ah, And uh, I'm going to ask my ministry team to come forward. We're going to pray for you if you need something, anything from God. But I'm praying that you have a visitation. Here's the last thing. We need to carry like Mary. Amen. We need to carry like Mary. Mary was like, I'm pregnant and I'm going to protect this thing. I'm going to protect this thing. I'm not going to, it's not going to be trivial. It's not going to be light. I'm going to protect this, this promise. I'm going to protect this baby. Listen, here's what she said with the word that was given to her. Here's what she received. For nothing will be impossible with God. That's what the angel told her. She's like, hey, be unto me according to your will. Nothing will be impossible with God. I don't know how delayed your promise is. I don't know what God has promised you that you've not seen to come to pass yet. I don't know what season you thought you were going to be in at this time, but... The season that you find yourself in now, but nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is, hello, nothing. Listen, 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 listen. Maybe you thought you were going to be on the top or you're on the bottom. Maybe you thought that you were going to be a, a, above and you're below. Maybe you thought you were going to be in the front and you find yourself at the back. My Bible says he used the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. You are perfectly positioned for an outpouring. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Come on. You are perfectly positioned for an outpouring. Now, if your goal is to be a big name conference speaker, you're sorry, you're not positioned for that. But you're perfectly positioned for God to use you. You are perfectly positioned. Now, I, I've shared this with the leadership team. I think I've shared it publicly, but I believe God is going to, we're, we're going to see an outpouring in this house. I just, I believe we're going to see something very significant. And I was uh, meeting with some leaders recently, and, uh, you know, these are big people that I respect and love, and big muckety mucks, you know. And, um, and they were talking about how this church is perfectly, this church they were talking about was perfectly positioned because they have a big building, they have kind of a name already, and they have a team. I'm like, sorry, you're not as positioned as we are because he use the foolish things to confound the wise. Now that would be man's choice, absolutely. That would be the absolute logical choice for God to move. Only problem is scripture says different. I've never seen God say, oh, you're doing man system so good. I think I'll just go ahead and bless that. Hallelujah. All right, I got to finish with this. I'm sorry. But I need you guys to value what God wants to do here. That's my point here. We have to value it. When things get messy, we have to say, this is what we prayed for. When things get weird, this is what we've been praying for. It may not look like what we think it's going to look like. We have to value it. We have to cry out for it and we have to value it when it comes. You you don't have blind eyes open and then have a nice clean church service. All you need is one blind person seeing and you've destroyed your service. That's the end of the service right there. That's, That's the end right there. Corey's experiencing revival right now. and we need to value that that's, that's, that's my point here we need to value whatever God wants to do here let me get my prayer t- oh, my ministry team to come forward Shaba, did you encounter anything Kellyanne today yeah Sarah did you feel the angel standing on your back right there yeah it was right in the middle of your back what were you feeling it was... yeah it was distracting to watch Let's pray. Stand with me if you would. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want you to come. And even if we look foolish, like Mary did, pregnant with no husband. Now that don't mean any y'all should get pregnant and say it was God, right? Like that's not what we're talking about here, right? Like, let's, you know, that's 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 not, that's not that's not what we're talking about. Now, we'll rejoice with you and all, but let's not, let's, not, let's not tempt the Lord, amen? Let's not. But Father, however you want to move in us, yeah. we welcome it in our lives personally. Now, I just, I just want you to buy in so that God can move in your lives. So Father, in the name of Jesus, these people that I kept 20 minutes long, Lord Jesus, I, uh, you're the one who moved, and, uh, and we just let you have the time. Uh, But we just love you today, Lord. We just love you so much. Mm -hmm. And we ask that you would come in people's lives this morning. In Jesus' name. Hey, Lord, we want to see people get saved on Sunday, on uh, Christmas. Give us divine appointments with people. and Just invite them to church, Lord. I felt so bad because when I met with that woman at Best Buy, I didn't have a single card left on me, an invitation card. We have invitation cards in there, and God's going to bring you divine appointments with people you're supposed to invite to church. The, The card does most of the work, amen? Just take some cards, make sure you give them out. Touch your, touch your neighbor real quick and just say, more for this person, Lord. More for this person. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Come on, give a clap offer for the Lord. Hey, if you need healing in your body, if you need a miracle breakthrough, if you want a fresh feeling, well, I want to welcome you to the front. I'll be in the lobby in a moment to say hello. Have an amazing week in Jesus' name. Amen.